Welcome to Sunrise, your weekday podcast bringing you a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Tramel Gomes, reporting from the Florida Capitol as President Biden hails Congress's passage of his $1 trillion infrastructure package. I've long said it's never, ever been a good bet to bet against the American people. Never. And that what it really means is bet on the American people. Give them a shot. Give them a shot. That's what these plans do. Meanwhile, Republican Senator Rick Scott remains skeptical about the true costs of the bipartisan plan. The Democrats in, in D.C. and Republicans yeah, continue yeah. to waste your money, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to oppose it all the way along. And in her first public press conference since the announcement that she has breast cancer, First Lady Casey DeSantis announces the launch of a substance abuse education initiative for students. This is really very special to be putting $5 million into a curriculum and a public messaging campaign that someday my children are going to see. We've got all that, including other top stories trending around the state and capital. Plus, we have your calendar of political events and so much more. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics. Following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Online sports betting, it's legal and it's coming to Florida. With passage of our amendment next year, any tax revenues collected are required to supplement the Florida Educational Enhancement Trust Fund. Hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue for students and teachers, with more choices and competition for Florida consumers. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at FloridaEducationChampions.com. And now the top stories on Sunrise from Monday, November 8th. Today is National Cappuccino Day and National Parents as Teachers Day. On this day in 1974, the serial killer Ted Bundy is defeated in an abduction attempt when Carol Durange narrowly escapes being abducted. In 2007, Congress for the first time overturned President George W. Bush's veto on a bill authorizing spending on water projects. The last time a veto was overridden was in 1998 under President Clinton. And on this day in 2016, despite trailing in most polls, Republican Donald Trump was elected the 45th president, though his Democratic opponent, Hillary Clinton, won the popular vote by more than 2.8 million. President Joe Biden celebrated over the weekend after Congress passed his $1 trillion infrastructure package. He called it a monumental step forward for the nation after a fractious months-long standoff among Democrats over the deal. And for all of you at home who feel left behind and forgotten in an economy that's changing so rapidly, this bill is for you. The vast majority of the thousands of jobs that will be created don't require a college degree. There'll be jobs in every part of the country, red states, blue states, cities, small towns, rural communities, tribal communities. This is a blue collar blueprint to rebuild America, and it's long overdue. The House passed the measure 228 to 206 late Friday, prompting prolonged cheers from the relieved Democratic side of the chamber. Thirteen Republicans, mostly moderates, supported the legislation, while six of Democrats' farthest left members opposed it. I truly believe that 50 years from now, folks are going to look back and say, this was the moment, this was the period, this, this year and the next couple years when America decided to win the competition of the 21st century, to get in the game full bore. 
So my message to all the American folks is let's get to work. Let's get this done. Approval of the bill promises to create legions of jobs and improve broadband water supplies and other public works. Let's get to work. Remember that? It's already a popular slogan for Florida's former governor, now Republican Senator Rick Scott, who is also chair of the National Republican Senatorial Committee, which means he's in charge of making sure his party wins in 2022 to break the Senate's 50-50 split. Let's just say he's feeling good after the past week's off-year elections, where Democratic candidates for governor were defeated in Virginia and barely got by in New Jersey. Well, first, I hope Democrats continue to be obsessed with Donald Trump. Uh, I think Terry McAuliffe would probably run his campaign differently. He wouldn't focus his whole campaign on Donald Trump. I think, I think what we have to do is we have to say we would love uh, Donald Trump's endorsement. If you're a Republican, you want his endorsement, but you're going to win on the issues. That's Scott speaking to Chuck Todd on Meet the Press, doing his delicate balancing act of supporting the former president while he says he would support Senator Mitch McConnell to be majority leader again, despite Trump saying McConnell should not be in charge. Another point of conflict Todd raised was Trump diving into races and choosing who he wants to win. So you're at, you're OK, because one of the things you had said is you didn't want Donald Trump to you were hoping he would not get involved in open Senate primaries, that you, you were hoping you didn't want to get involved in open Senate primaries and you wanted the former president to be the same way. But he's not taken your advice. Does that complicate your ability to recruit candidates that you candidates think can win? Th Absolutely not. I, I, I believe Republicans ought to let the voters decide. Uh, I remember my primary in 2010, my opponent had every Republican endorsement in the country almost. And I won because I focused on the issue. So I think you'd be foolish not to uh, want uh, and accept Donald Trump's endorsement. But you're going to win not because somebody endorses you. You're going to win because you focus on making sure inflation gets stopped, making sure people get a job, making sure their ki your kids aren't indoctrinated on critical race theory, make sure we have safe communities. That's going to be the issues that people care about. When it comes to the question of whether or not the election was stolen, as the former president continues to proclaim, Chuck Todd tries to get Scott to explain why 22% of Republicans continue to believe that. Well, I think you'd have to ask them, but I think I think Joe Biden was pre is elected president. Uh, I think, but you know, what we've got to do right now is we've got well, to figure out how do we start helping these families? Because I can tell you what, in D.C., that's not happening. Senator, I think we both know the reason why that is. And let me put up something that the former president put out on October 21st, not like six months ago. This is like three weeks ago. And he said this, the insurrection took place on November 3rd, election day. January 6th was the protest. Is there any part of that statement that you agree with? First, Chuck, Democrats are focused on Donald Trump. Americans are focused on the future. So look, you can go ask all these questions about why people think the way they do. I can tell you what. You know, we're going to win in 22 because we're going to talk about issues. We're not going to talk about the last election. That's Senator Rick Scott on Meet the Press. Florida's ban on mask mandates in the state schools will stay in effect after a judge dismissed a challenge to the rule from several school districts on Friday. Administrative Judge Brian A. Newman rejected the case from school officials in Miami-Dade, Leon, Duval, Orange, Broward, and Alachua counties, finding that the administration of Governor Ron DeSantis was within its authority to impose the rule. Florida Surgeon General Dr. Joseph Latipo made an appearance on Friday 
Fox News to tout the state's position. Here he is talking with Tucker Carlson. Can you give us an example of a decision of, as you put it, a data-based, science-based decision the state of Florida has made recently that differs from, say, what other states are doing? Oh, sure. Thanks, Tucker. I mean, I think a really good example is this um, obsession with masking kids in school. And yes. when you look at the evidence for mask mandates in schools, uh, it's actually it's very weak. You know, the highest quality evidence we have, in fact, for masks basically shows and this is what this this is what the highest quality quality evidence shows that, you know, that that there's really no evidence of a health benefit as in an improvement in a, in a child's health outcome by implementing yes. these mask mandates. And there's not even any any solid evidence for cloth masks. However, medical professionals and the CDC recommends everyone two years of age or older who is not fully vaccinated should wear a mask in indoor public places. They maintain with studies that the use of masks helps slow the spread of COVID-19. After a mountain of pressure, the University of Florida has backed down from its decision to prevent three professors from testifying as experts in a lawsuit challenging a new state election law that critics say restricts voting rights, particularly for people of color. Last month, the university prohibited Dan Smith, Michael McDonald, and Sharon Austin from testifying in the lawsuit brought by civic groups, saying that such testimony would put the school in conflict with the administration of Florida Republicans. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, which pushed the election law. More than half of the university's trustees are appointed by the governor. On Friday's episode of Sunrise, I talked with the president of the Union United Faculty of Florida, Andrew Gothard, about the university's position. You know, our view is that a public university is supported by public funds and it, it exists to promote the public good. And that is beyond the level of any kind of potential state conflict of interest. And we believe that the value of higher education is over and above and outside of political interest. Because as we know, politics shift, they change. Different people get into office, different parties take control. But the advancement of knowledge, the improvement of our society, all of these things outlast individual politicians and their administrations. So we do not think that any uh, expertise that a university or its faculty provide can actually be a conflict of interest for the state because the university and the faculty exist to serve the public. Despite the reversal from UF President Fox, attorneys representing the professors said they are still planning to move forward with a lawsuit against the university. Here's your calendar of events. Democratic Senator Tina Polsky and Representative Christine Hunchofsky will take part in a news conference about legislation related to ghost guns, which can be assembled at home without serial numbers. That's at 10. The Tampa Bay Regional Planning Council will meet. Congressman Charlie Chris will meet with small business owners to discuss creating a strong post-COVID economy. That's at 10. Senator Rick Scott will hold a roundtable meeting with port business and retail leaders at the Port of Palm Beach around 2.30 to talk about Biden's supply chain issues and challenges. And the Liberty and Calhoun County legislative delegations are scheduled to meet today as well. 
On Friday, Florida First Lady Casey DeSantis, who is undergoing treatment for cancer, made a public appearance during a school assembly in Pinellas County to promote her campaign, discouraging teen drug abuse and encouraging mental health treatment. I'm very humbled and very honored and happy to be here for obviously a lot of reasons. And this has been a long time coming. Really, I was with Cheryl Flema is going to be coming up in a second. We launched this in 2019. Uh, and looking back on that, I was pregnant with our third child at, at the time. And now she's almost 20 months. And I have a almost five-year-old who you might notice will start dancing more and more the longer this press conference goes on. And then we've also got a three-year-old. But this is really very special to be putting five million dollars into a curriculum and a public messaging campaign that someday my children are going to see and you guys are going to see and hopefully it will empower you with the facts to be able to make good decisions in life. The five million dollars will go into a program called The Facts your future. The money will finance public messaging and a school curriculum to encourage young people to keep away from drugs. You're going to hear from parents who have lost loved ones, unfortunately, to substance abuse. You're going to listen to peers who can have that relatable experience of making decisions and why it affected their lives. You'll listen and hear from recovering addicts and why they wish they would have made different decisions. And if they were in your seats right now, why they would tell you to make those decisions. The law enforcement component of it too, because at the end of the day, th there are uh, ramifications to using drugs and there's a component to it that law enforcement can bring into the conversation. The company that worked on the tobacco-free Florida campaign will also work on public ads for this campaign, according to the governor. Finally, as you jumpstart your day, thanks for tuning in for today's Sunrise. I'm Tremel Gomes, inviting you to join us again tomorrow for a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture.